what unique can you bring to the table because that's going to help you to grow so much if you're just trying to be the next jake paul he's already done it it's already successful don't have that mindset of like oh it's too late or someone else is already doing it like of course someone else is already doing it and if you are trying to find something very specific on youtube and it's not out there create it yourself because we obviously like youtube has got so many videos so if you found something that does not exist you just hit like a landmine there like run with it if you're just getting started on YouTube and you've typed into the YouTube search bar, how to start on YouTube, how to make money on YouTube, how much does YouTube pay me, you've definitely come across Katherine Manning. She's one of the top YouTube educators right now with her own style of how she's creating content. And I'm excited because this is a two-part series we're doing with Katherine Manning. And today we're talking all about the YouTube algorithm, how to grow, and how to make money on YouTube. My name is Heather Torres, and I'm the host of the Think Media Podcast, the number one podcast to help you grow your influence on YouTube and then turn that influence into a high impact and a high profit online business. And today, we're getting into a two-part series. So if you missed the last episode, make sure to go back and listen to it. We talked all about how to pick your niche, uh, the mindsets to overcome, and how to do branding right on YouTube. So if you missed that, make sure to go back and listen to it. Well, if you're a Catherine fan like I am, you're gonna love this episode because she really dives into pieces of her story that she hasn't told before, what it really takes to become successful on YouTube and how to actually figure out this whole YouTube thing, the algorithm, how to make money, all of that is in today's episode. Let's jump into today's featured content and then we'll wrap it up after the content for some reflective questions and more. One of the things you're big on is teaching people learning the algorithm, understand how mm -hmm. YouTube works. You now have the results, you have the case studies, you a lot of times share your analytics, but would you, what advice would you have on that? Like early on, is it a priority to, to really learn YouTube and, and what have you learned about the YouTube algorithm? Yeah, I would say from the beginning, for one, just start, okay? I, I've gotten so many comments in the past from people being like, I'm just trying to learn as much as possible before I get started. And I'm like, you need to get started and then learn as much as possible. Because I think you need to learn how, like, okay, what are you going to create videos about? What topics do you actually like talking about? What's your editing going to be like? Like, what's going to be the style of your thumbnails? All of that stuff before you can really use the algorithm. Because if you are creating what I'm going to call crappy videos, which all of our videos at the beginning are crap. I left mine up there. They're so bad. You can watch them. They're terrible. But if you are using the algorithm and you're trying to get those videos to go viral, I would honestly just use like the first two months as a learning curve of figuring out filming and editing and possibly thumbnails and all of that stuff before you really dive into, okay, how do I find keywords and where do I place keywords and all of that? Got it. And you got to just punch fear in the face, punch perfectionism in the face, press record. And you don't have the data until you've actually posted enough videos mm -hmm. to, to, uh, to learn. What is it? Um, what is your advice when it comes to developing that initial upload strategy, um, a schedule for your content? If you're encouraging somebody, knowing now what you knew then, um, how long it takes to initially learn how to film, how to edit, um, you now do all that yourself, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. But you had to learn it all. So what? What? how was that process for you? Uh Okay, so I got started with a really shaky camera 
that did not have a flip out screen. I couldn't see myself. I didn't have like a connection to like put it on a monitor or something to see myself. So it was really bad. Like the quality of my videos was just absolutely terrible, but it was the camera that I had. I thought it was better than using my phone. Looking back, I would have just got started with my phone, especially the phones that are out now. The quality of the camera is so dang good. Like that's all you need. You don't need any fancy really advanced equipment to get started. Obviously now I've got lights and I've got too many cameras. It's ridiculous. But as you grow and as you have more money to invest back in your channel, make sure that you're investing it back in your channel. But what was the question? What were we talking about? Yeah. Like, I mean, just, was it intimidating to start editing at oh, first? Yeah, editing. Did, were you slow at first? And did you, um, did you take any courses on it? Did you just, oh, what software did you start with? Do you use the same software today? Uh, I mean, yeah. how, cause that's, it's very intimidating. It's like, okay, new yeah. camera, um, you know, and you just, did you just dive in and was it smooth or was it kind of frustrating? And did you have to persevere or uh, what was your experience? Yeah. So I had an iPad pro. I didn't even have a computer cause I started YouTube as a side hustle. So I had a, I don't even know what kind of laptop it was, but it was not a Mac laptop for business use. So I couldn't use that for my YouTube channel. Cause that was just for my full-time job at the time. So I edited on my iPad and iMovie comes for free on any Apple device. So I got started with iMovie on my iPad. And that was so challenging. Not as many features are available on the iPad. But at the same time, when I was just getting started, I did very minimal edits. Like all I did was cut out some of my ums or where I made mistakes. That was it. Like I didn't add any sound effects. I didn't add any music in the beginning. It was very, very rough. It wasn't until I got I have like an iMac desktop computer that I was still using iMovie, but I became a bit more advanced and I went from taking maybe 20 minutes to edit to two hours to edit. And now depending on the video, I mean, I'm spending like eight hours to edit a video, depending on how many features, overlays, sound effects, music, like everything else that goes into it. So it's definitely a learning curve. I didn't take any courses. I just went to YouTube. I mean, YouTube has everything for free. If you want to learn right. how to edit, go to YouTube. <laughs> and are you still on iMovie? I'm on Final Cut Pro now. Awesome. And we'll actually, you know, Nolan Moulton, Think Media Team, literally has a two-hour class, like you said, on Final Cut Pro, yeah. on Think Media, that'll teach you everything you need to know and more. I mean, he gets crazy deep into, like, color grading and all kinds of stuff. And so we'll link that up in the show notes if um, you want to check that out. And I like, I think what you broke down is really great advice. You know, starting with what you have, starting simple and not letting even your edits be too complex, not letting anything mm -hmm. be too complex at first, but you can level up as you go and reinvest in your channel as you go. Um, and today you're on a Mac and you're mm -hmm. on Final Cut. I would echo that if somebody said, hey, Sean, tell me what computer to buy. If I was saying PC or 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 Mac, I would say Mac. I don't know if you'd say the same thing. And I would say, I think iMovie is a good yeah. place to start in Final Cut because Mac workflow is more user-friendly. It's a nice, you know, it's a great system. Mm -hmm. I love both. But if, if, if you're listening to this and you're like on the fence trying to make a decision, I think staying in the Mac world is, uh, is the use, most user-friendly world. Uh, what do you think about that? Would you give that same advice to a friend if, you, if they were like, hey, I want to get a camera and get a computer? What would you tell them to invest in? 
Yeah, I've actually gotten that question before, is camera versus computer. And I always say computer because with your computer, like iMovie comes for free. So you're not only getting a computer, which you can do so many different things with, but it also comes with an editing software. Like I ended up getting Final Cut when I had my YouTube channel for two and a half years. Like I had been editing hundreds of videos already on iMovie for free. It's a great platform, but a camera... I mean, obviously, it's going to give you a good quality visual. But if you have an iPhone or something, just get started with your iPhone. Like the quality on that is so incredibly good compared to, I mean, if you're trying to, if you have a nice computer and you're or not a nice computer, if you have a nice camera and you're trying to edit on your iPhone, I've done that before where I created a whole video editing on my iPhone. And it's so much harder to do. I would just recommend just like get the computer, get the computer. And iMac is definitely the way to go. Today, you are Catherine Manning, and you were yesterday as well, but you're Catherine Manning with 440,000 subscribers, and you're getting thousands of views, and you mentioned your first videos are your worst videos, but you got to just start. If you think through what's different about your videos now, and you say, what I wish I knew uh, if I was starting, of course, you got to start messy, so I get that. Mm -hmm. But if there's yeah. some ways to level up our videos, what are the distinctions that go through your mind now in terms of making a video hold attention, average view duration matters, um, you know, be more interesting, be more engaging? What are some of the elements that go into a Catherine Manning video that helps it get the results that it gets? Yeah. So one of the things I know we mentioned this, like level up as you go. But one of the things that I did is with every video, I tried to learn something new or just become better and better. And that's why when I was first getting started, like my edits were so incredibly simple. And then I was like, okay, let's try sound effects. Okay, let's try different transitions. And all of that stuff will come. So when I first got started, all of my videos, my camera was in one place the whole time. And I was sitting in one place the whole time. And I was just talking. The edits were simple very boring, basic video, but you all got to start from somewhere. So now I realized, like Sean mentioned, I really enjoy lifestyle content. And when I was watching YouTube tips videos, I felt like a lot of people were sitting in one place. Sometimes they had different camera angles, but those videos were, in, what am I saying? Were extremely informative, but were not that entertaining. So with all of my videos, I move my camera around a ton. I get a bunch of different shots and I try to make it more of that lifestyle feel while also having it be informative. Yeah. Do I, I mean, I think that you might start in your, in your kitchen. Have I ever seen you like grab ice and put it into oh, like yeah. an iced iced tea uh -huh. or so you have a couple so you're almost weaving like vlog elements into something that's still educational yes and and yeah. that's what you mean when you say lifestyle content yeah yeah so the way that i looked at it is i wanted to like set the scene so sometimes if i'm gonna have i've got a tea here but if i wanted to have a tea in the video while i'm talking i would actually have the intro of me putting water into my keurig and then putting the tea bag into my cup and putting the cup on my keurig and the whole entire process and it is like a nice little intro to help you set the scene of how you got to me sitting here. I've also done the same thing with me, like setting up my equipment, showing that whole process and then hit record. And I mean, it's recording the whole time of me showing like the setup, but it just, it adds more interest in my opinion. And it kind of captures people from the beginning, showing them your environment. So that's something you guys want to do. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. And of course, check out Catherine's channel for some examples. Those elements uh, are critical because they sound like they might just be fun and that matters and entertainment and that matters, but it's that average view duration 
videos being more interesting, that can give you an edge to getting a video mm -hmm. shared in the algorithm and growing your channel. Um, you know, we're on a mission here to help 10,000 uh, purpose-driven people create a full-time living doing what they love on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You've, you're living the dream. I mean, you, you are, um, able to, you bought a house, congratulations. And, Thank you. um, you know, you're, you're doing this full-time you get to express, you've turned your creativity into a career. Um, I, I'm curious in a second, let's talk about kind of like how you turn this into a business. How does, how, how does the money come in? Where, where, how do you pay the bills? Because there's so many different paths to that, but I'm just kind of curious, what does it feel like today with the success that you have compared to also maybe when you were in the struggle, because there's no, there's no way to get to yeah. success without struggle or sacrifice. What comes to mind of maybe hard times when you wanted to quit and then, and then how do you feel today with what you've achieved so far? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So when I got started with my brand, I got started because I was in a terrible depressive state where I just hated everything. Like I was a really negative person and I was just absolutely miserable with my life. And I was like, it has to get better. Like there has to be something more out there for me. It just, it has to get better. So one of the first things I did is I bought my website and then I ended up moving to a different city. And there's been kind of like a snowball effect of things that I've done along the way to create this life that I have myself now. But yeah, I pinched myself all the time. And it's crazy. Yesterday, I was changing a light fixture because I absolutely love house projects and just like improving my house in little ways to make it my own. And I changed that light. And I was like, wow, it's crazy. Because a few years ago, I wouldn't have even been able to afford that light. And it was only like $100. It wasn't much. But that simple thing that brought me joy, I was like, wow, I didn't have this even just a few years ago. So yeah, when I first got started, I mean, I wasn't making a lot of money. I got started with this as my side hustle and then I moved into it full time and I ended up jumping in too early to the point where I ended up going to massive credit card debt and it was it was bad. It was terrible, but I ended up building myself out of it in 2020. I paid all of it off and now I'm debt free minus my house, which is such a blessing. That's amazing. So you went all in without another job so you could work on it full time and covered your bills with credit cards in those early days? Yeah. So I ended up, I made the transition into freelancing and I had a client take me on that said that they were going to keep me for like six plus months. And that client, the amount of money I was making was equivalent to what I was making with my full-time job. And it was only 20 hours a week. So I was like, this is great. I can dedicate the rest of my time to building like my content side of things. And that client after a month ended up having a hiring freeze, which meant that they had to let go all of their contractors and freelancers. So I lost that income. So I ended up taking on other clients, but it wasn't enough money for me. So whatever money I was making was going towards my bills and stuff at the time. Like I had to pay for my water and my garbage and everything else that you got to pay for, you know? And then all of my spending was going on my credit cards. And really it was like, I cut my spending totally once I realized I was building up credit card debt, but still paying for like my email provider, all of that stuff. Uh, oh my gosh, what am I paying for? Like QuickBooks and just like a variety of different subscriptions and things that you need. Like I wasn't buying equipment or anything, but just general business expenses, like my domains, having my hosting, all of that was going on credit cards. And that really builds up, especially after a year of like not making barely any money. It it was bad. Did you feel like that was kind of like a, 
a kick in the pants to make things work? Were you super driven during that time? And um, by that, because it was about a year of that season until mm-hmm. was the tipping point of then making enough to start paying that down? Yeah. So I ended up, I had a tipping point where I thought that I was going to need to get another job. And I ended up going and driving with Grubhub. And that was a way for me to keep doing what I was doing. I still had clients. I was making very minimal money with affiliate marketing and I had paid products at the time, but it allowed me to still do that while then also making some money that I needed to make. So I drove with Grubhub, I think for like four months until I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I would rather be working with clients. I would rather be working on my brand. I need to find a way to make this work. So I ended up taking on more clients where then I was making a couple thousand dollars a month, which was enough for me. That's all I needed. I was making like 3000 a month. And I was like, this is great. That's awesome. And then a few months later, my YouTube channel started to grow and take off. And I went from making that $3,000 a month to like $15,000 a month before I knew it. So it really skyrocketed for me, but like a real kick in the pants was I had my sister come to me with just like a desperate moment where she was like, I need you. I'm going through this rough time. I need you. And I was like, I don't have the money. I was like, I've got two credit cards that are maxed out. I'm not making money. I can't do it. And for me, I was like, I don't want to be broke anymore. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. So I really got my act together. And that, I mean, that ended up helping to skyrocket my YouTube channel because I was so focused on finding ways of actually making it work. Mm. Thank you for sharing that story. And so today, and even during that time, you've now built out a couple different significant income streams. And so um, what is it today that, uh, what was it then? I mean, was it YouTube ad revenue was the first thing? Uh, And then what was kind of the journey and what are your core monetization strategies today? Yeah. So in the beginning, the most money I was making was with freelancing. So I was taking on clients and I was doing a lot of consulting. I was doing Pinterest work, SEO work. What I really knew at the time, I was doing that work for clients. So that was my primary income stream. And then I also had affiliate marketing. I was making maybe a hundred dollars a month. Maybe I wasn't even monetized at that time with my YouTube channel. So I was just pushing out videos without getting paid at all. I wasn't taking on any sponsorships and really that was it. Like I, I was not making a lot of money at that time. It was just freelancing. And then over time, because my YouTube channel grew so much, my ads revenue ended up skyrocketing. But also I had laid the foundation for my affiliate marketing. So a bunch of my videos already had affiliate marketing links. I was already creating videos that the main goal was to promote my affiliate links and get some sales there. So once my channel took off, so did my affiliate marketing links. And like I started making really, really good money with affiliates. And then it ended up sponsorships came in later on. I waited a while to take on some sponsorships because I didn't want to do it right away. I wanted to focus on my content. And now sponsorships is another good income stream for me. And what kind of affiliates were you an affiliate for? Yeah. So I've got at the beginning, cause I was talking a lot about Pinterest. So Tailwind, which is an automation platform for Pinterest. That was a big one for me. TubeBuddy, all heard of TubeBuddy before. Uh, what were some other ones? I was honestly like very minimal at the beginning. ConvertKit, my email platform, it was all like products and it was really the services that I was using. Cause I wasn't really referring to like Amazon or anything for my camera gear or anything like that. So it was really just the services I was using. And then once you started to get some decent views, YouTube ad revenue became significant. What yeah. uh, what does that become like today off of like a half a million, a million views that you get a month today? What are you earning? 
About uh, between like seven and 10,000 a month just from ads. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, thanks for sharing that too. I, I think you do share that on your channel. That's a yeah, big question. Like, hey, tell me exactly. <laughs> exactly um, how much. And if I could have your social security number as well and uh, your bank <laughs> account number. Oh, oh, people are on the podcast listening? No. So uh, I love it. It, it. You know, and it's encouraging because we will learn that um, this isn't overnight. It takes perseverance. Yeah. It's hard seasons. Um, you got to have a vision. It's cool to hear you know, a family member needed help. And it was like, man, I don't want to be broke. I, you know, I want to keep fighting for this. And it's cool to see the results that you've um, gotten today. What's the future? Uh, what are you looking to next? Personally, I'm sure you have your own business goals. Um, but we've been looking at a lot of, you know, the big popular term now is the creator economy, which is what it's yeah. been. But now that's language that's being thrown around. Uh, there's a cool report that we sort of shared some details on from the tilt on what they're calling content entrepreneurs. And I would say, you know, you are one of those. And it's that there's some real language. Signifier revealed this is the fastest growing type of small business. So I'm curious, two-part two question. What do you see the future for you personally? Because you're you're moving forward from where you've already arrived. But also, what do you see as the future for those listening? And that, you know, right now, of course, comparison, competition, YouTube being crowded, do you feel like there's still opportunity? Do you feel like the next few years, this next decade, uh, what do you think about the landscape of just this idea of being a content creator and doing some of what you're doing? Let's start first with what you think about uh, maybe for um, yourself and then and then how you feel like it is in general for other people. What's the future for Catherine? Yeah, for me, I, funny enough, I was talking about this today on my Instagram stories because I used to think I was going to be one thing. You know, at first I was like, I'm going to be a motivational speaker and I'm going to do that. And then I was like, no, I'm just going to be a course creator and I'm just going to be behind the scenes. And now I'm at the point where it's like, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do because I love just being a content creator. Like I love just creating videos. I love talking to my audience and trying to figure out the next big thing for me. I'm like, what? what is next? I'm not exactly sure. One of the things I've always wanted to do though, is to host a retreat. I want to do an all-inclusive retreat where it's like, yeah, maybe we'll talk about YouTube, but I also want to have like meditation and yoga and talk about like food and like a bunch of different things that are also important to creating success for yourself. So I would absolutely love to do that hopefully in the next few years, but we'll kind of see what the world looks like. And that's powerful because that's you essentially, that's what's amazing about this industry is once you get some momentum and you get some revenue and you have some influence, it is kind of like a canvas. You're an artist that can take it whatever direction that you want. Mm -hmm. Do you want to write a book or do you want to host a retreat or do you want, again, yeah. assuming you have some people you've built a connection with, you've got a thousand true fans, you certainly have done that. And so uh, the future is is a place of uh, um, abundant creativity. What do you think in general? People are just getting started though, right now. And it seems crazy. We're going into 2022 yeah. and like, man, YouTube is, is no longer uh, a young kid. YouTube started in 2005. So we're coming up on YouTube's wow. a 16, 17 year old, just got its license, <laughs> still living at home, but super rebellious, you know, mom yep. and dad, I don't want advice from you anymore. Uh, you know, YouTube's like, and, and yet there's never been a bigger audience, but what's your general thought on this creator con economy conversation, this being the fastest growing small business type and what maybe yeah. encouragement or even advice 
because navigating these waters is maybe different than when you started. It's different than when I started. You're telling somebody who's maybe like looking at this mountain of, of climbing up in the creator economy and feeling a little overwhelmed or feeling like I want some wisdom from the now no longer 24 Catherine Manning. <laughs> what can, what can old Catherine Manning coach old me on? Manning. She's been oh. around. She's, she's <laughs> got a few scars now and she's going to guide me. So, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on, on the yeah. future of this next decade? That's how I feel. I finally feel old enough to offer some advice to some people, you know? <laughs> no, I, I think if TikTok has taught us anything, like it's not too late to get in the game. You know, anyone can blow up on TikTok and it's amazing. And I, I feel like since like 2019, 2020, I don't know, I've been seeing these videos all the time where people are like, is it too late to start YouTube? I don't think it's ever too late to start YouTube, honestly. And if I would have waited, I would have just been one year behind where I am today or two years behind where I am today, you know, like depending on when I got started. So if you think about it, if you start today, you're going to be so much further along than where you would be if you waited and you had all the right equipment or you had the money to buy the equipment or all the information or you took all these courses, whatever it is, like you just kind of have to get started today and figure it out as you go. But I don't think... I think, yes, it's oversaturated. There's a lot of people, like I'm not going to deny, there are a lot of creators out there, but that doesn't mean that we don't need you as a creator. Like we don't need another Think Media. We don't need another Catherine Manning. We're already doing it. What unique can you bring to the table? Because that's going to help you to grow so much. If you're just trying to be the next Jake Paul, he's already done it. He's already successful. What new can you bring? Like you could be the next Jake Paul if you came up with something different, you know? So I just kind of think, you got to get started. Don't be afraid. Don't have that mindset of like, oh, it's too late or someone else is already doing it. Like, of course, someone else is already doing it. And if you are trying to find something very specific on YouTube and it's not out there, create it yourself. Because we obviously like YouTube has got so many videos. So if you found something that does not exist, you just hit like a landmine there, like run with it. <laughs> I love that. And I uh, just want to acknowledge you as well. You know, I like um, it's awesome to see you create content. Obviously, you are teaching things and sharing things and doing lifestyle content outside of this YouTube teacher kind of space. But you're also a newer YouTube teacher. And I love that fact because you could have said, well, Think Media is doing it and Tim Schmoyer is doing it and Daryl Eves is doing it and Roberto Blakes is doing it and Sunny Leonard yeah. is doing it. But, mm -hmm. but like it also showed that if even if somebody else is already doing it, you can too. Like yeah. if you get started, you bring, and then you brought a different flavor to it. You said, man, everyone's doing yes. it this way. I'm going to bring a little lifestyle edge to it. I'm going to bring my own style to it. In fact, I'm going to stop watching everybody else and I'm going to do it in my own way. So whatever your niche is, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you could identify competitors. You can learn from them, but maybe you need to stop watching them and follow Catherine's mm -hmm. advice and just be you. Um, and you'll never know if you don't try. And really, yeah. even the data is showing us there's 2.3 billion monthly active users on YouTube now. Um, the audience are more conditioned to consume content even ev than ever before. Catherine, here was a big light bulb yeah. moment for me. My parents, my mom, Susan, and my stepdad, Phil, um, weren't really watching YouTube. They never really watched my videos, but really because of the pandemic, they they installed this projector in their living room with that had like an Alexa on it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my wife and I come over with our son, Sean Bradley, and they're like, guys, you would not believe these YouTubers we discovered. And I was like, <laughs> Stop. 
you're on my parents they're in their 70s they're and they're literally like check out this couple and it's this couple that covers uh famous songs and different outfits and the, and they sing these songs in their car and oh, there's yeah. like these montages maybe you've seen somebody like them yeah but i'm i'm sitting there and i'm like did my mom just say you need to check out these new youtubers i've discovered so besides it being one of the most entertaining and amusing evenings of my life, and uh, I was just delighted by the fact this is happening. My dad's like switches to snowboard stuff like, hey, look how cool. You know, it, it, what it showed me, though, <laughs> was was, again, more people are coming on every day. For some people, yeah. this is their first day coming on YouTube. We're now seeing the stats that multi-generation, Gen X, baby boomers, they're on YouTube. Of course, Gen Z, millennials, and and across the board, uh it's this next de decade is going to be the best decade. Catherine, yeah. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for um, being here today. Uh, of course, your links will be in the show notes, but just give a shout out. If people want to connect with you, follow you, where are you most active? There's your YouTube channel and uh, anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've got my YouTube channel, Catherine Manning. I also have Catherine Manning vlogs. If you just want behind the scenes or just fun day in my life stuff. It's very chill over there, but also on Instagram, Catherine underscore Manning said that I could not just get Catherine Manning, which is a bummer, but Catherine underscore Manning. I'm active on my Instagram stories every single day. So if you just want to come hang out, that's where you can find me. Catherine Manning. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up this two-part series with Katherine Manning, and I love what she said at the beginning of this episode. She said, don't try and learn all the things and then start start and then learn all of the things. So good, Catherine. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. And did you enjoy it? Let us know over on our podcast rating and review. You can do that by going to Apple, leaving a comment, rating and reviewing this podcast. Let us know if you liked episodes like this. And when you and if you like when we bring on other guests, other YouTube trainers, other authors and speakers onto this podcast. Today's podcast shout out goes to Cray 8 Blue Skies. They said, genuine, love the compassion to help others. The Think Media team really comes across as everyday people with genuine dedication to help others grow in the YouTube space and really so much beyond that. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm like best comment of the day right there. That makes my heart so happy because that's our mission here at Think Media. We want to help 10,000 purpose-driven entrepreneurs create a uh, influence online through the power of online video. That is you. And I'm so excited that you're here and that you're listening and that you're a part of this Think Media community. It means so much to us. You rated and reviewed the podcast, and I can't wait to read more on the upcoming episodes. Well, if you haven't already registered for our Think Masterclass, we have a brand new free class for you. If you've taken some other classes that we have, you'll want to make sure that you register for this new one. This one is all about learning how to generate over 57,000 thousand views per day with this one strategy. Make sure you register for that class at thinkmasterclass.com. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this community. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're consuming this content from, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.